Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Our scripture today comes from Genesis 39, verses 6 through 17. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. And he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I. And he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household were there inside. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I screamed. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with these words. The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came in to me to make sport of me. And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Here ends the scripture. One of the pleasures of reading for me is paying attention to the narrator. The narrator has information that I don't have. They know things that I don't know. And they know things that the characters don't even know. There are times when I really am into a novel and the narrator will say something, give information, and it's like, uh-oh. If, if that character knew that, they would act differently. They would do something differently. And so I kind of want to just like whisper in the ear of those characters saying, hey, hey, you need to pay attention. And there's other times when the situation is very complex and my, the character I enjoy the most is in major trouble, I, I want to shout and scream and share this information that the narrator gave me. I want to give it to the character. But if that was to happen, the story would lose some of its power. What's amazing is you can take that same information 
and you can move it into stories that we find in the Bible. The story that we have in Genesis chapter 39 is a story about Joseph when he ends up in Egypt. As you read the whole Joseph pericope, that whole section about Joseph, all of a sudden you begin to realize that Joseph has a certain amount of knowledge, but the narrator has even more knowledge. In fact, at times, the narrator in that story comes across as omniscient. They know everything. Now, as readers in the past and in the present, we have to decide how much we want to trust the, that, that narrator. But when it comes to the Bible, eh, we pretty much trust it because we believe, or some believe, that the Bible is inspired. Therefore, it's trustworthy. But the characters don't know this. So as we listen to the story of Joseph, one of the things we discover is that he is now in Egypt. His brothers got angry at him because he wasn't acting, well, let's just be honest, he's acting like a jerk. And they didn't like him, they hated him, so they decide to remove him from their lives. They sell him to the Ishmaelites, he comes down to Egypt, and in Egypt, he is bought by Potiphar. Potiphar himself is an interesting character. In fact, in verse 1, we are given his name, and throughout the rest of the story in chapter 39, you never hear his name again. All you hear is that he is called the master or the Lord of his house. But Potiphar has a special connection with Pharaoh. Some conjecture that because of that connection and the power that he had within that government, he may have been a eunuch, which then creates a whole different dynamic in how you read the story. But that's us as scholars looking back and inferring that because the text doesn't say that. The narrator doesn't give us that information. But when you read that story, you realize that Joseph, there's a lot going on that Joseph knows nothing about. Primarily, the narrator talks to us at the very beginning of chapter 39 and the very end of chapter 39. And he gives us information that Joseph doesn't have. So in chapter 39, verses 2 through 6, we hear the following. The Lord was with Joseph. Those are key words. In fact, those words, the Lord was with Joseph, create bookends for chapter 39. They appear at the very beginning, and as you will see, they appear again at the very end of the chapter. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. The reason why Joseph has success in Potiphar's house is because the Lord is with him. That's what the narrator tells us. Joseph doesn't know it. It continues. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Again, the narrator gives us information, information that Joseph doesn't know. 
And if we trust the narrator, then we understand that Potiphar understands that the reason why Joseph is so successful is because the Lord is with him. What's interesting is the, the, right, the narrator tells us that, and Joseph doesn't know. Joseph doesn't know what Pharaoh knows. And then the verse continues when it says, Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted everything to his care that he owned. Now, the verse continues. Sorry about that. I had this to to mess with. Verse continues. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord was with Joseph, and the Lord blessed the household of Egypt because of Joseph. And the blessing of the Lord was on everything. So again, we hear in this story, at the very beginning, the narrator tells us the Lord was with Joseph, number one. Number two, Joseph's success, the reason why he prospered in Pharaoh's house, was because the Lord was with him and the Lord had blessed him. Now, fast forward. All the events that transpire in chapter 39, and it ends with this information again from the narrator, verses 21 to 23. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Do you hear it? Do you see the connection? At the very beginning, the Lord was with him. At the very end, the Lord is with him. The situation has changed. No longer in Potiphar's house, now he's in prison. But it still remains, the Lord was with him. And the Lord showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he made him responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. It's as if the writer, the narrator, begins that story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife by telling us the Lord was with him, Joseph finds success because the Lord has blessed him, and at the very end, he's in prison, and the narrator repeats it. Now, situations change, locations change. However, what has not changed is the Lord is still with Joseph. And the Lord causes Joseph to prosper. The warden of the prison sees it and gives Joseph more responsibilities, and he is blessed because the Lord is with him. Those are the bookends of this story. But when you read the story carefully, you realize Joseph doesn't know any of this. In fact, when you read chapter 39 in its entirety, Joseph does not pray to God, and he has every reason to pray to God. Joseph is in charge of the house. Potiphar's wife believes that he's very good-looking. The, writer, the narrator tells us that, that she finds him attractive. She tries to seduce him, and Joseph says no. In return, he is rewarded 
with a false witness by Potiphar's wife accusing him of raping her or attempting to rape her. The story leaves it somewhat unclear that how much Potiphar believed his wife, because if he really had believed her, we conjecture that he probably would have ended up not in prison, but with his head cut off. But he's preserved. He's saved. That creates an amazing part of the story because it has to put Joseph in a position where he can have the attention of Pharaoh. But Joseph doesn't know any of this. Think about that. He doesn't pray to God. He doesn't ask the question, why is this happening? Joseph, when he ends up in Potiphar's house, basically puts his head to the, to the ground and says, I got a job to do, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. In fact, when he is seduced by Pharaoh's wife, notice how he replies. And Joseph said to her, with me in charge, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one, no one is greater in the house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing? And then almost as a tack on, it says, and sin against God. But the main reason he doesn't do this is because inside of Joseph is a sense of respect for his master. His master has entrusted him with responsibilities. And he doesn't want to let his master down. The reason why Joseph does what he does, primarily, in my opinion, is because of his character. Now, again, I'm sure he weighed the pros and cons of that decision, but ultimately it came back when in his words he says, I can't do this because of Potiphar. He trusts me, and I'm not going to violate that. And it's possible that when he says, and sin against God, it's possible that what Joseph is saying is that you sin against God when you are not true to yourself. Now, there's other interpretations than that. There are some who believe that God is very concerned with what we do or do not do with our genitals. And therefore, to have an affair would be considered a sin against God. Now, that's one way people can look at that. I prefer, however, to look at it the other way, that how we sin against God often is by not being true to who we really are. Because again, notice in this story, Joseph doesn't call on God. He just does what he believes is right. And he doesn't know that God is involved in his life. He just does what he does, and he reaps rewards, and he has some negative consequences that also take place. And he lives with it. 
but he remains true to himself. So what could we learn from the story of Joseph today? Is it possible that we need to be more tentative to how we see God involved in our lives? When Joseph goes through this experience, he doesn't know. And I dare say that the majority of us don't know. We don't know when God is acting or when God is not acting. We like to think we know. And often in reflecting back on a circumstance, we can say, ah, that was God or that wasn't God. But we're still guessing, aren't we? Maybe if we were more tentative and allowed more of the mystery and the mystique of God to exist, maybe we would learn a little bit more from Joseph about how we ought to live our lives. And that our primary concern would be, are we being true to ourselves? Are our actions, our choices, our words, do those align with who we believe we are, with our values? Do we make decisions based upon the principles that govern our life? Understanding that we don't know the consequences of those actions. Now, we also, in the midst of all of that, can have a certain amount of comfort of hearing the words of the narrator. And the Lord was with Joseph. And so the Lord is with us. Is that enough? Can we live in the mystery of God? Can we live in the midst of not having the answers? of not knowing why things happen in our lives, but still somehow finding a sense of comfort that God and that mystery itself is with us, even if we don't understand how it works and how it may be happening. But in the midst of that mystery, we will remain true to ourselves. Because perhaps by remaining true to ourselves, we are remaining true to God. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving Beatitudes Radio empowering people to enrich society